So, uh, he morphs Orca, and right about the time that he finds the Sea Blade with his echolocation, um, the others find him, also as Orcas now. Um, interestingly, the Sea Blade disguises itself to their echolocation as a whale, which That's is fucking cool sick. as fuck. Love that. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Uh, but they know that it's the Sea Blade because, like, the Sea Blade isn't anywhere to be seen, and where the fuck did a whale come from? Like, (laughs) um. By process of elimination, we can determine. Yes. Uh, and so they start heading out to sea, um, and, uh, they're all like, well, we're not really gonna get a better chance than this to attack it. So let's attack it. And they do, except that it knows that they're there and turns to uh, intercept them, essentially. Um, and so in the process of attacking it, it uh, turns around, starts counterattacking. It fires a bunch of these underwater dragon beams at them. Two regular whales have joined them uh, in their fight, presumably just so that they can show how dangerous the sea blade is. Um, because one of the orcas, like, the real orcas, gets fucking cut lengthwise in half by one of these dragon beams. Like... Full Damien Hurst. Just like... Yeah, it it is horrifying. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I should not make a joke about Damien Hurst. This is a horrible thing to have happen. (laughs) And because Jake obviously has the panic of worrying that it's one of the kids as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like frantically like getting everybody to just like sign off so he knows that it was in fact one of the wild orcas and not one of them. Mm-hmm. But this is a bad time for the kids. Um, and they, Jake, first and foremost, takes heavy ass down. There's a lot of descriptions of blood in the water mm-hmm. in this, like full blown, like. It's very, it, I feel like maybe Erica watched Jaws <laughs> a couple of times. Like maybe this was around the time Deep Blue Sea came out. I don't know. But there's a lot of descriptions about like blood in the water and just like then missing limbs yeah. and gaping wounds. Yeah. The, the dragon beams are just horrifying in this. Um, yeah, this is the first time we've seen them underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something I suppose about like the way dragon beams work. Like, there could be an interesting thing about does like being fired through water do something to make them worse? Um, I don't know enough about lasers and stuff to to guess, but because we know dragon beams are destructive for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. but given that we know they like incinerate and things like that yeah and just like how they're working in water yeah it makes me uh, think of like the water me. is absorbing some of that energy so instead of just incinerating it's working like a blade mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking about how like uh when you can focus light through a magnifying glass mm. uh and how like whether it's becoming like like almost such a thin beam almost that it becomes like a blade um so it can slice rather than burn mm-hmm. um you know sci-fi shit mm-hmm. but jake uh-huh. quickly gets into a bad way yeah um he loses a lot of his dorsal fin, loses a lot of blood because of that, takes another several hits, um, and is rapidly losing his ability to concentrate. Uh, Cassie, uh, helps to get him to the surface, has to coax him. Cassie and Axe, uh, have to lift him to the surface. Um, they are deep below water at this point, and the fight just keeps getting deeper. Um, and so Cassie and Axe take him to the surface. Cassie has to coax him through the demorphing process. The fight is already taking place deep enough that uh, if he demorphs completely back to human, his lungs will explode. 
So she coaxes him through, like, demorphing basically halfway so that his legs become human way before his upper body does. Um, and then she coaxes him through, like, sucking air from her blowhole as she's surfacing because they're just not close enough to the surface. Um, but they get to the surface after all of this and he comes back to himself enough to morph and sends Cassie right back into the battle. And then as soon as he's morphed, goes right back into the battle himself. Uh, and as soon as he gets back to the battle, uh, I do love the detail of, um, Below me, I heard a panic of thought speak, the confused, agitated babble you hear in old recordings of fighter planes and dogfights, uh, which is very evocative of mm. the kind of um, back and forth that the Animorphs are doing in this battle. Um, it really speaks to like the way that they communicate during battle. Like We see it often because we, we see the bits and snatches, but I just found it very mm. uh, more descriptive that way than just seeing it. Um, and basically they're like, all right, we can't get under the ship and the uh, dragon beams are a problem. <laughs> the dragon beams are a big problem. Um, and Jake thinks is once again berating himself. Like he led them all into a trap. Um, no time for regrets. Better to go down fighting than to sit around and wait for death. And he's like, okay, we're going to give them what they want. Every single one of us, we're going to hit them at the same time, top speed. Marco said an extremely rude word. I couldn't blame him. Let the Animorphs the say animorphs, fuck. The Animorphs canonically <laughs> swear. Just because I have written down letter by letter, we know it happens. Yep. Uh... And so they all dive at top speed, and all, they all take really bad hits, but they keep going. Um, they hit the sea blade and cause enough damage to cause it to sink and begin to leak from the fuselage. Um, yeah, because we get the description from Jake about how big they are mm -hmm. uh, as he's going back into more of eight tons and 20 feet of ocean-going deep-diving mammal. So mm -hmm. there's six of them. Mm -hmm. So that's what, 48 mm -hmm. tons? 40. Yeah, 48. 42. 42. Maybe. No. no, it is 48. It's 48. I was right the first time. This is what mm -hmm. we're talking about with math being hard earlier, you guys. Um, but yeah, all of them like sinking up and like that is a lot of weight mm -hmm. to have on like a single part of a vehicle. Yeah. Like, it's a solid maneuver. Yep. Uh, and as soon as they hit and see it begin to sink, Jake orders them all up to the surface, and they all begin to demorph. Um, but they all make it to the top. Uh, Jake? I do like, <laughs> we have this detail about how they're, like, all helping each other up mm -hmm. as well. Like, bodies, like how the water has gone opaque they're taking so much damage um but they're all like helping each other up to the surface like jake's pushing someone up somebody's pushing him up mm -hmm. um and he's just telling them to demorph they've got to be smaller targets mm -hmm. um and somebody is struggling and who was it who spoke one or all of us which is just mm. mm -hmm. This is what I talk about being there. Some really great little elements peppered throughout this book. Mm -hmm. uh, but whoever it is, he, uh, whether or if it's himself, it's just like, you have to, that's an order. And they all make it to the surface. Yeah. There is a cool moment where like Jake doesn't think he's going to make it. And Rachel takes him in her orca jaws and powers up. It breaches the surface and just kind of throws him. That is very good. <laughs> uh, and she's like, I'm sorry, that probably sucked, but you but weren't you reaching were drowning. The, you were drowning. And he's like, no, it's, it's fine. 
Um, yeah. Just uh, very good. It's such a good visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a third time, Jake resumes the Orgamorph. Uh, and... Having, like, we might dropped out of a different morph first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, his fourth morph mm-hmm. in the space of an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're all very exhausted, but Jake is like, look, we have to make sure that the sea blade is destroyed because we don't want to have to fucking do this again. Um, so they dive down, they find it, they see that it's kind of just sitting there, um, presumably because it's too damaged to really move. Um, and they see five humanoids come out of a the mouth of a cave uh attach pulleys of some sort to the sea blade and then pull it into the cave opening the cave up as it goes so like making it wider so that the sea blade can pass through it but basically they just they steal the ship from the bottom of the ocean uh and yes, you do. Rachel with the understatement of a century well, that was weird. <laughs> um, Tobias points out that she's whatever not wrong. she's not wrong. Tobias points out that whatever it was, they weren't human. What do they want with the sea blade? Um, and Jake is feeling decision fatigue, which fair. Word. Um, and he's like, "Well, we have to go." Make sure that that's not some kind of York facility. Marco makes a joke about Atlantis. Um, not the first one. Uh, the first one, but not the last one mm-hmm. either. Uh, they re- they say, all right, we have to get into there, but the cave is too small for us to maneuver as orcas. Uh, Cassie's like, all right, well, don't be a dolphin because we don't want anything that needs air, so let's all go hammerhead. So they go back to the surface again and demorph and remorph again. To shark. Uh, to morph and dive deep into the chilling dark ocean to hunt down the sea blade. Sometimes I hate my life. <laughs> 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 oh, Jake. Oh, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they all morph. Shark, Jake momentarily loses control because he's exhausted. Um, I do like the random date of him chewing a little bit on Tobias. <laughs> just a little bit. Just, just, just a little, little bit. Just, just a little. It's fine. And he, and he, and he is like, dude. Get <laughs> he says his name. He doesn't say dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most it's amusing to me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And we get this observation about just like what it is to be in total darkness. Um, and how unsettling it is. Uh, but they're able to, like, even though they can't see, follow the smell slash taste of what they assume may be fuel. Um, and Axe is more like, eh, it's probably not fuel. It's more likely to be uh, coolant or waste from the onboard sanitary facilities. And Garko's <laughs> like, I vote for coolant. <laughs> um but they reach a dead end. Um, and Jake, in a moment of clarity, mm, um, he's just like, we're going to go through the wall. <laughs> Don't ask me how. <laughs> um, but they're aware of like this electrical field. Or before like, they encounter something that zaps them, and Axe points out it's an electrical field. Um, we do get this like, fun little detail. It, uh, Rachel's like, it feels like biting tinfoil with a mouthful of fillings. Mm-hmm. And Mark's like, Rachel, how would you know what that feels like? I've always assumed you're a perfect specimen of oral hygiene. She's like, never mind. Because <laughs> to be, I know for a while it was like standard dental practice to like do more fillings than is really necessary. Like they don't like doing as many fill- more fillings than they have to anymore. But it, for a while it was very standard practice. To just like 
any tiny holes were filled. So, but that just amuses me the notion that Rachel is maybe sensitive about like the fact that she has a bunch of fillings. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. a nice little detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're able to find mm, a button. Yeah, of it's, some it's- kind. It's weird because it's Very like they, they all they all hit the wall and nothing happens. It's just a wall of rock. And then one of them gets kind of zapped by some kind mm-hmm. of electrical fields behind the wall. And then Jake just kind of like moves forward and nudges the wall with his face and it mm-hmm. opens. And it's like, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I like mm-hmm. to think that maybe the-, the Nartec are watching them. And they, mm. they just open it. But. That could be fun. I also like, it, I mean, to give more credit than is due, it could be like that electrical field is actually then being like scanned mm. and just like, oh, well, it's just sea life. They are allowed to, and they're allowed to like move in and out mm. of this space. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they appear in like, um, the hatch in front of them opens. And we get a little circle. Uh, bright green squiggles of light pushed out from the flat surface of the circle and formed rotating coils. Um, Axe is like, mm, this is technology I don't recognize. Um, Tobias observes it's kind of pretty psychedelic. Uh, but it's not human. And it's like, I mean, Correct. Technically correct. <laughs> um, but it opens up into a tunnel. Cassie thinks it's amazing. Marco thinks it's disturbing. You know, uh, but they move into this tunnel uh, that promptly, uh, the opening promptly closed behind them. Uh, but it's brighter on this other side. But they make it uh, through uh, this tunnel and they can see that there is looks to be a surface uh, with breathable air. Uh, cold and cool and humid, but definitely breathable. Uh, and they are in this massive cave. Uh, it's described as big enough to have contained Manhattan. Um, with like lit by this watery glow. Uh, but as uh, their eyes get adjusted to the darkness, uh, they start seeing some ships. First off, it's a, a tall ship with three masts. I'm not going to try and guess what ship this is because I happen to have been doing a bunch of research recently about different <laughs> kinds of tall ships for no reason at all. No, no um, reason. No reason at all. Um, but we're talking about a ship uh, from like the 1800s, um, but in remarkably good condition, like the ropes and cables are sort of sagging, presumably with the moisture. Um mm but not rotted, and it's, like, sitting in this dry dock made of coral, which has Cassie, like, what the fuck, there's no coral here. And Marco's like, that's what bothers you. (laughs) That's a ship from, like, the War of 1812. Um, And Tobias gets to have the real fun uh, realisation or spots that there are dead men on said ship. Uh, up in the cloud. To be fair, he describes it as I see men in the shrouds and up on the yards. Just mm-hmm. like nice use of shrouds as both sails and like wrapping dead bodies in. Mwah, mwah, mm-hmm. Love this. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Tobias the nerd knowing fucking nautical uh-huh. terms. Nautical terms. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just like, yeah, no, dead men, not moving, not breathing, just there. And Marcos like, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I just said, bitch, Marco Schultz, <laughs> bitch. That's a whole ship with a bunch of dead guys getting ready to raise sail and sing yo-yo-yo-ho-yo-ho yo, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me in an underwater cave the size of Lake Erie and your feeling is that it's weird. <laughs> and then there's another ship. Um, we walk toward it under the lee of the frig. It's just like, my children, you're reading all these nautical history books for military stuff, I'm mm-hmm. sure you are. Adorable. Uh, mm. But now they reckon uh, there's a Spanish galleon also fully crewed out by dead men. Um, <laughs> look, I don't know about anyone else, but I believe in listening to my instincts. And my instincts are saying, you've done enough, Marco. Go home. Play with the stupid <laughs> poodle. Do some homework. <laughs> um, 
And Jake's like, yeah, no, I get it, but we almost died trying to take out the sea blade. I want to make sure that thing is done. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually just like, it's also pretty cool. He says fascinating. Um, there's a PT boat. I'm not quite sure what that one is. Um, the only way, <laughs> the only reason I know mm-hmm. anything about a PT boat is from fucking Battleship. Uh, uh-huh. it's just like a tiny, it's the it's the tiniest one in battleship. Okay, it's, it's the, the little it's the little one in battleship. Works for me. <laughs> um, and then they uh come out to they fuck. There's an entire Japanese aircraft carrier. Um, and Jake's like, oh well, they could have flares and weapons. Might be worth taking a look. Um, and they get on to this uh. Uh, flight deck of this aircraft carrier there are planes there there are dead pilots in said planes um and uh, as they sort of explore further there are lights on inside mm-hmm. uh jake sends axe in first <laughs> feeling cowardly but axe does have four eyes and quicker reactions and a literal blade on his tail yeah um but there is like a a war room basically um facing a platform and two dozen seats facing this platform all again filled with dead men and uh they're dead i said unnecessarily (laughs) It's just, to be fair, this is so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all just like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Axe offers to investigate the body, uh, the bodies, and uh, and like, you're the man, Axe. Um, and Cassie goes with um, as the closest they have to a medical expert. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get the fun reveal from Axe that these are indeed dead humans preserved, stuffed with a substance I cannot identify without further more detailed examination, and sewn up the back with a stringy vegetative material. Twitchfork is like, I am so out of here. Jake, we have to go there. Like, this is a horror movie Mm -hmm. at this point. The kids are in a horror movie. Um... And even Rachel is, like, scared because she's getting the kind of snappy she does when she's wigged out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just like, so what, like, mummies? And it's just like, yeah, they're sewn up the back. Who cares what kind of mummies they are? Dead is dead. Yeah. Um, and Axe is like, I cannot tell you what. <laughs> this fucking line, this burn <laughs> is incredible. Just fucking Axe. I am unable to identify the culture or persons or people responsible for this, Prince Jake. This is so irrational and strange that I assume it must involve you. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> yes, drag them. Um, just fucking killed me. Um, but then they, they get out of the uh, war room um, get vaguely uh dive bombed by a seagull that is not a normal seagull uh like massively large eyes that are a bright blue uh tobias immediately like eyes adapted to a perpetually dim environment um it's the cave fish of sea of seagulls mm-hmm. um i'll be certain the sea blade came through this museum of lunacy because i for one am all for bailing um but they're like, no, and like Jake's not sure. But we have to assume that it is, and our mission's still the same. Destroy the sea blade before Vista 3 finds the Pemolite ship, Rachel said. And then we have again this needless fucking bullshit they've put on Cassie mm-hmm. uh, about avenging Han's death, uh, which isn't just not reacted to. It's Jake's like, let's get airborne and fly mm-hmm. around. It's just sort of like, why is this here? Except to annoy Regis. Yeah. Um, but they go exploring, and there are hundreds of ships in here. U-boats, a 1930s steamer, motorboats, Polynesian raft, uh, 
periscopes, broken hulls, pieces and pieces and pieces, deck furniture from luxury ocean liners and bodies. Uh, 18th century European crews, 20th century tourists, whalers, fishermen. Cassie's the one that observes that it's like a collection, um, the observation of Mr. Psycho's nautical toy box and graveyard. Um, and it is Marco that points out that the ships and boats are from everywhere. Um, from the Atlantic, from the Pacific, uh, a galley that's probably from the Mediterranean. Um, and how it's impossible for all of these things to be in the same place. Because, you know, the animals is like, because we're not far from California. Mm-hmm. Even though they never say that we're not too far from California. Um, but there, uh, this river they've effectively been following is narrowing. And, uh, yeah, to go sort of deeper towards this light ahead. And they can't not carry on mm-hmm. because that would mean leaving it to chance um, where the Vista 3 uh, finds the Pemolite ship and the secrets he finds help the Yerk invasion. Mm-hmm. And then we have this thing about Jake about how it's interesting that we have Jake refer to Vista 3 as the abomination here, which mm-hmm. is something we've only really, well, that's what Elfangor called him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what the end of the yeah. Colin. Yeah. Um, responsible for the sickening recent torture and murders of Han and 49 other innocent Hawk Bajir. I appreciate you feeling that, like, how many Hawk Bajir have you guys killed? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't feel good about saying it, but I am just saying. Um, but they get caught in, like, an airflow of some kind and uh sort of sucked through into i think like the next chamber yeah of this uh this system uh, they're all in owl morph except for tobias at this point uh and the new chamber has a city in it um a series of interlocked buildings um like cliff dwellings made of adobe, only made of various parts of ships and boats, uh, which is a really cool detail. Uh, yeah, like I love this description. This feels very like something you would see in like a Guillermo del Toro movie or mm-hmm. a Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, um, Cassie describes it as being like Peter Pan, or she says the set for that movie, The Island of Lost Children, which I then promptly went looking for, and I think that might be the author misremembering the lost, the city of lost children, mm. which has this sort of aesthetic. I, I really want to watch that movie. It's French, and it's got a young Ron Perlman in it, and it's dope as all hell. Mm. Um, but just this is incredibly cool. Uh, they fly around, they see the people that live here that are humanoid, dressed in something that looks like togas. Their skin is blue, uh, they look kind of oily, like amphibians. Um, they are gilled, they have webbed feet and hands, and they have oversized eyes. So, like, you know, picture... Abe Sapien from Hellboy. We stand. Fishman. Um, mm-hmm. We do have this moment, and I do not always like this ship, mm-hmm. as we've I've complained about numerous times. But Marco having the observation of not a bad body on that one, <laughs> which everybody says, if I was just like, what? What? I can't compliment a fish girl? <laughs> is incredibly funny to me. <laughs> And it's also just like, yes, Marco is able to find non-humans attractive. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Is a 13-year-old. I can't in good conscience call him a, a monster fucker. But, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. the PG version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Monster appreciator. <laughs> That's still weird. <laughs> uh, don't like it. Uh, nope, it's bad. So they talk about like what the fuck, man. <laughs> Basically, yeah. they're like, we 
why does this happen to us? <laughs> uh-huh. This is a city that is thriving. Seemingly. And seemingly. At least full of life. Yes, there are like machinery, there's like effectively like electric light. Mm-hmm. A city and a species all here on Earth a long for that they've been here for a long time, judging by this collection of ships. And Jake realized, and these are clearly dangerous. These are people who had stuffed and preserved, apparently Viking and Roman warriors, which is the first time they've been mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that's making me squint a little at the timeline, but I don't know enough about history to truly say. Um, but these people were, he doesn't know if these folk had been dead or and drowned before, but they have been, these people, whoever they are, did stuff and preserve these bodies. Mm-hmm. Judging by what we learn later, probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there are people working, there are people living here. Um, there's welding happening. Yeah, which is um, bizarre. Mm, like, just... You know, you gotta have welding. It's how you know there's like industry happening because you can see like <laughs> arc welding going on. Um, but in the middle of the town, tied up at a dock, is the sea blade. Um, uh, parked up next to the uh, sort of pyramid shaped structure, covered in turbines, um, attached to shelves. Uh, this is so fucking sick. I'm sorry. I hate that this is the book that this visual is in because this is so cool. I love, I unironically love this. Mm-hmm. If this was a movie and I was seeing this, I would be losing my goddamn mind. Because mm-hmm. this is like, Almost looks like an, uh, an old step pyramid with metal chimneys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like, like Marco's rattling through and like, doesn't it look like that kind of pyramid? And Jake's like, yeah, except for the chimney's like, because you two guys are experts on pyramids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rachel is increasingly pissy and <laughs> I don't blame her, yep. frankly. Um, but they see, uh, the Hawkbjir crew of the sea blade being marched out um manacled together and that uh the creatures these blue guild creatures have a motley collection of primitive spears and new automatic weapons uh so you know sometimes mm-hmm. um but no visa three does not appear to be there um nor they can see he may not have been aboard the ship or maybe he's already a prisoner Rachel counters that maybe he's escaped capture and morphed something school, uh, small and slipped past the uh, BGs, as she's calling them, the Bluegills. And then just, if you want to feel old to us, like, weren't they like a group a long time ago? Just <laughs> Thanks, kiddo. Um, and Axe is just like, yeah, you, got, you guys have got 20 minutes in morph. Um, so it, um, it doesn't take long to, for Jake to sort of sum up the situation. The Sea Blade's captured, its crew taken prisoner. Visa 3 is probably not in a good situation, wherever he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have this little, like, what is it? Uh, and when the Visa was captured, uh, no, no doubt the Sea Blade and its crew would become the latest exhibit in this in the gallery of ships. And when the Visa was captured, he'd become the city's most popular circus act. Night after night, until his traveling supply of Candrona ran out, forced to morph, demorph, and remorph to crowds of hooting guild creatures. Maybe. I could dream anyway. Which is, uh, fucked up, Jake! Yep. That's that's fucking dark. Uh-huh. There's a reason why Kryak is looking at this kid. I hate uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh-huh. Ah. Yep. Look, I like hints of darkness in characters, but there's something about that that is just And it's not that he shakes away just like, mm, no, bad thought. Shouldn't have that thought. Nah, shouldn't daydream. Don't get your hopes up, Jake. Just like, this is so fucked up. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is good characterization or bad because this book is all over the fucking place. <laughs> I don't know how to feel that. 
uh, bringing me on this horrible journey. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be scared, okay. Uh, so Fucking he's like, all right, it, probably the sea blade is down for good. We're let's let's just get out of here. You know what? I think I think we've seen enough. I think we can be pretty sure that the sea blade isn't gonna do jack shit. Uh, let's go home. Um, and so they fly out to the outskirts of the city onto like these, uh, uh, lily like plants, like water lily like plants that kind of form this rubbery mat atop the water. They land, they demorph. Why would you? I hate that they're so much smarter than landing on random fucking floating vegetation. Yeah, it's like out in the open. They land on a solid building. Yeah. Out of sight. Like, this is so needlessly dangerous. Yeah. Um, and so they land, except for Tobias, who maintains his watch position in the air, because he's hasn't morphed. Um, and they land in Demorph. And they soon realize that this was a terrible fucking idea, because these creatures are amphibious and they just come out of the water and net the animorphs um in like one giant net essentially who could have foreseen such <laughs> a thing occurring yep with this weird reverse fishing yep ah you see we use a net to catch the things above the water ha <laughs> <laughs> uh rachel's like all right battle morphs let's get out of here and jake uh, now, granted, he does realize the flaw in this thinking later, but at this moment, he just thinks, no, we can't morph because we don't know where Visser 3 is and we can't let him see us morph. Jake, my dude. I you know are tired. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. But you were in a Atlantean civilization at the bottom of the ocean with three other children, and an Andalite. I think Visser 3 can put the pieces together if he sees you. <laughs> like, you don't have to be caught morphing in order for that to be obvious. You're more in danger in your human forms than as animals. Uh... And to the writer's credit, he does realize the flaw in that thinking later. But, like, when I read this the first time through, I was like, Jake, buddy, what the fuck? Why Why are you holding the idiot ball so hard? Um, I do like the moment here of uh, Tobias, who... Tobias and Jake are both very clearly, very strongly blaming themselves. Um, Tobias says, they came up out of the seaweed, seaweed, I didn't, they were so fast, I'll follow them and find a way to break you out. Um, and Jake uh, thinks, stupid of me, I had Tobias watching the skies, but this was a world of water. Um, and I really do like that detail as... Uh, because they they are both probably the most self-flagellating on the team. Yes. Uh and it's 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 good shit and I feel for Tobias uh because he mm -hmm. he takes his job as the scout so seriously. Like mm -hmm. And you know that he is just non-stop berating himself the entire time. I'm like, he can't, we've already, he's not a fishing bird. Mm -hmm. So he's, his eyes are not like super great at like judging stuff underwater. If he'd been thinking to look there and the surface of the water was covered in vegetation, mm -hmm. like he could not have seen this coming. Yeah. And I am sad. Yeah. Uh, but all the others are dragged off towards the city. Um, and Axe is like, I can sever the net with my tail blade and free us. You and the others would not have to morph. And Jake's like, no, not yet. I don't want to fight these guys. As far as we can tell, they're civilians. Um, and it's like, Jake, my man, 
you know, you have been feeling the rancid vibes this whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this isn't ending well. <laughs> also, like, they're armed. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your definition of civilian that you're working with here, Jake? Mm-hmm. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. It this is um this is this is not the full on character assassination of the fucking starfish book, um, but this is uncharacteristically idiot ball handling for Jake. He hasn't. Like, I appreciate that he's tired and mm -hmm. exhausted. And once you start blaming yourself, it's easy to get too into your own head and start maybe being more conservative in your ideas, like less willing to take risks. But this, especially where we're with him in his head, mm -hmm. this, this feels bad. This does not feel like the Jake we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He hasn't been this. Uh, like tentative and unsure of himself and uh, like just making bad decision after bad decision since I think book 16 with mm. the cannibal yerk. Um, I am pretty sure like since then he's been pretty, even if he makes bad decisions, he like stands with them. Mm. As opposed to like this very, very tentative sort of thinking. Um, yeah. And we don't see the kind of like background thinking that we do in 16 where he was constantly second guessing himself. Like we don't see that even no, though. We just see yeah. bad choices and weirdly yeah. like. Massive behavior. Yeah, exactly. Um, like this feels like very contrived passivity for the sake of continuing the plot. Yes. Uh, but hey, so guess what, guys? We're about to meet the Queen of Atlantis. <laughs> I'm just so fucking mad. <laughs> I do appreciate when they get there that Rachel spots some velvet in his impression. Ooh, real velvet. Nice. <laughs> um, and this is a fucking lush throne that mm -hmm. they see here. Um, and there is a woman uh, sat in this throne, um, a plant-based material dress, Um I love how they keep saying, like, the vegetation we've just been doing. It's fucking seaweed. It's a myriad of seaweed. It's good and great, but you could just call it seaweed. You're not convincing anybody else. <laughs> anyway, I'm mad. But uh, she's. I love how there's this little detail of around her neck is both ropes and ropes of pearls. Like, that's mm. a lovely little detail. And Marco is, I mean, well, that's a queen. So do we kneel or bow or what do we do here? Uh, Axe sort of steps forward, uh, tail blade at the ready, but respectful. And there are guards here with, but one with a bow and arrow, one with a 50 caliber machine gun, another with a mace, one with dueling pistols. Just like, what the fuck is this D and D party going <laughs> on doing down here? Um, and there is this lovely detail, like, uh, um, the first language. This woman speak uh, tries um, is ni hao, and Cassie recognizes it as Chinese, but doesn't know how to answer. Uh, the woman tries again, and Rachel thinks it might be Scandinavian, but she couldn't be sure. It's like, can she not try a Latin-based language? Um, she could then at least fake a reply. This woman's clearly getting pissed, but then speaks German, um, which again they recognize. Uh, she switches to French, which Jake knows enough of to say, ah, hi, do you speak English? Um, and this word of contrivance on top of contrivance, of course. Since the latter half of the 20th century, English has been considered the international language of commerce and intellectual discourse on the surface. As surface dwellers, you must know this. 
In a day full of weird, this was one of the weirder moments. (laughs) She was a blue-skinned guild woman with webbed feet and eyes the size of whoppers, and she was lecturing me in flawless English. Attitude from a queen? Now there's a surprise. Um, But this is Queen Soko, uh, queen of the Nartek, whose hearing is quite acute. (laughs) Which is just... um, and Jake's like immediate, just like ah, he means no disrespect. Uh, thinking about like the mummified crews that they walked past, uh, the shackled horbage, the crying out they've heard. And she's like, "Yeah, good, because normally when visitors come here, I assume you're not trespassers doing here to do violence. Visitors behave with decorum." And Jake, bless him. Yes, Queen Soko, we are visitors from the Yard Service. We come in peace. Um, acting as polite as he can while still like trying not to outwardly panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, ah, you speak for the others. Good. And does a big old clap, clap. You're my guests. We're going to have a feast. I want to know how you came to be in the land of the Nartek, and I am extremely curious as to the four-legged blue creature that seems to accompany you as a pet. And Axe is just like, mm. <laughs> uh, and relaxes a little bit when uh, Queen Psycho is like, it's magnificent, <laughs> like an inch. Just a, a little bit of relaxing, uh, <laughs> minuscule. Um, and she's just like, okay, well, then you're guests. You'll see many wonders while you're here. We'll show, give you a tour. Um, and Jake like th- says, thank you. Mark is like, what the hell? And he's just like, what else am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they are uh, seen. Uh, this guard gestures for them to go ahead of him. Um, and they get the warning from Queen Soko, just like, don't attempt to escape. That's not a suggestion. It's an order. We cut to the dinner. Uh, and there's a bunch Again, of different foods. This visual is so good. Mm-hmm. These chairs are like a mix of lumber and timber and patched leather. One has like pearl inlaid that's all cracked and dirty. And like the nearest the queen, the people like her higher up, it's like deck chairs and captain's chairs, like. This is incredible. I love so much of this. And again, why is this the context that we have to deal with it? Ah. Ah. Uh, ah. Yeah. And Jake is musing. Like, hmm? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, Jake's musing, but Marco's got, like, this mug which has a logo from a, a Russian, presumably it has, like, acrylic on it. Uh-huh. And like a logo of a fucking nuclear sub. Yeah. And just uh, like and they're stuck. They're trapped yeah. for now. Mm-hmm. Um he Jake doesn't know where Visser 3 is. He could be in this room watching them, putting two 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 and two together, uh realizing the Andealite bandits were not Andalites after all. This is where we get Jake uh calling himself stupid, I should have thought of it, should have realized that morphing and fighting our way out of the nets was the lesser of two dangers. Had I been drawn here by my own curiosity, had I fallen prey to my own fascination with this impossible place? Um, Should have fought our way out if a few Nartek were hurt. Should, should, should. I hate the word. Which I think is very good. Um, Yeah. uh, And so... Basically, Axe tells Jake, like, hey, why don't you ask her about, like, the origin of her people? Just make her talk to <laughs> give us information. And uh, Jake's like, yeah, okay. Proc the exposition, di- proc the game dialogue. Exactly. <laughs> we need uh, the cutscene. Exactly. Uh, the cutscene starts, the queen uh, talks about how, talks about the story of her people. And it's great because it's, Like, she tells the story, and it's intercut with Axe just, like, making snarky, slightly snarky comments to Jake about, uh, what is the most likely truth, uh, in the story. And I both like it and I don't, because on the one hand, uh, the Nartek are kind of 
gross and weird and kill a lot of people. Uh, but on the other hand, it definitely does speak of like someone from uh, quote unquote civilized culture going to a quote unquote non civilized culture and like poo pooing all of their uh, like mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, oral traditions and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But like, just because these are an antagonistic force, there is something, it leaves a bad taste in your yeah. mouth. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if, like, Axe was just fact-checking, just like, oh, this was probably this, or maybe it would have been that, like, analyzing mm-hmm. it, trying to find, like, the truth or the science in it, but mm-hmm. it does come across as, like you said, snarky. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so... She says that the thousands of years ago, many thousands of years ago, the Nartek lived on an island in the middle of the Great Ocean, presumably the Pacific Ocean. Um, but the island began to sink, and each generation built walls higher and higher around the island to keep the ocean from swallowing the people. Um, and with each passing year, the walls became higher, marvels of engineering, until literally the walls closed above the city or the island um so it created a giant dome um and the great ocean closed over the nartek the island continued to sink perhaps it is still sinking um axe comments that this is an improbable tale of origin obviously it has become distorted over the years of telling until now it is more myth or legend than truth um, and the queen goes on, what is important is that the Nartek did not die. We adapted to our new underground underwater world. Over time, we discovered alternative sources of light, like that produced by the Narna rocks that blanket our roofs and ceilings. And of necessity, our bodies changed too, at an impressively rapid rate. We became amphibious by an act of supreme will. Uh... And Axe comments, even without the necessary experimentation, I'm fairly certain that the light produced by the Narna rocks Queen Soko mentioned is radioactive. No doubt this radioactivity hastened the rate of the Nartex mutations. The Queen goes on, thus did we be, di- thus did we come to build this magnificent city, thus did we survive and prosper, and thus did we come to the right, to be the rightful ru- rulers of the one ocean and all lands touching her. Um. Of course, the Nartek continue to study the technology of sunken ocean-going vessels constructed by the surface dwellers. We study construction techniques and food storage methods. We learn of navigational equipment and other electronic devices that might be of use to us. From the large ocean-going pleasure boats, we learn about the changing styles of surface clothing and furnishings and recreational activities. And if there are survivors of the wrecks that bring these vessels to us, we study them too. That is, until we have learned all we need to know from them. Uh... And this is where Jake is like, uh-huh, and then? And Queen Soko uh, says, then they are preserved to become part of our storehouse of knowledge. You kill and stuff them, Rachel said. Exactly. Um, and uh, at, at the at the conclusion of this little speech, they hear a scream from one of the hork that they saw carried away from the sea blade um and it's just like all of them are very on edge because these screams have just been going on this whole time mm-hmm. um which is extremely disturbing um there comes a point uh, i don't think it's the thing where that's the thing becomes almost like bleakly and darkly let me stress comedic mm-hmm. and it's not a good vibe because of how flippantly um, it seems to be mentioned. This also doesn't feel very conclusive with what we hear about the process later either. This is true. Like it feels like very mixed messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids obviously all on edge. Um, Rachel looks like she's ready to start something, but Marco gives her the look and she sits down. Jake is just like, okay, got to ignore the screaming, got to be calm, got to stay focused. And we have the thought of, where is Tobias? Um, 
And so Jake just like, so Queen Circo, what's your plans for the Sea Blade? Um, just like gripping onto his chair, digging these nails in. Um, and we basically hear like, oh, well, now we have this really super duper ship. Uh, we can conquer the world. <laughs> you know, basically. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm condensing this, but it really is like we're going to go raiding <laughs> the cultures of the sun. We will conquer villages. This is very um, Helmicron-esque. It is. Just like, why couldn't the Atlanteans be chill? <laughs> like, maybe the radiation has made them a little bit megalomaniac. Who could, <laughs> megalomanic. There we go. That's a word I'm fairly certain I just made up. Um... And to be fair, if comic books have taught me anything, it's people that gain abilities through radiation either become the good guys or very much become the bad guys. Uh, <laughs> it's just bad. It's a bad time all round. But um, Jake's just trying to get more information. Marco's kicking him under the table. Um, and uh, and Queen Circus like, no, no, no. Oh, you're done asking questions. I want to know how you got here. Uh, where's your ship? Um, astute enough to know that they were not on the Sea Blade. Um, mm -hmm. And I do like, there's this great little moment. Like, like Jake looks to Axe, whose face is unreadable. Like, he only has the eyes. There's no mouth <laughs> there. What expression are you fucking reading? Anywho, but she's Queen Soko is like, perhaps you need some time to create a plausible lie or come to your senses, which is just like, I do like that kind of shit in my villains yes. and my antagonists. Um, but she's like, I will figure out the truth. I've got no doubt, but I am magnanimous. Feel free to explore. We'll meet later, perhaps. Uh, and then she leaves. Uh, all the Nartek. Um, now she leaves. The Romanian Arctic are there and then the kids leave uh, mm -hmm. into a separate room. <laughs> and Marco's like, we're out of here. There's no reason for us to be here. We need to go. <laughs> and Jake's like, yeah, I hear you. And if I, you don't lower your voice, the entire Nartek people will hear you too. Um, and Jake is still not happy about bailing without having found uh, Vista 3 or destroying the sea blade and he's like the queen might have delusions but she can still do a lot of damage uh with the sea blade and axe is like yeah no the yerk vessel could sink any human vessel uh could also use its dragomims to attack earth's coastal cities um eventually humans would be able to crush it by sheer weight of numbers uh and mark is like cool leave it to the navy and we book it um but he then has the realization, just like, mm, they've got more than dragon beams down here, or they may do. Like, he's like, I was holding a mug from a Soviet nuclear sub. Uh, and Cassie's like, You can't think the missile survived, aren't they protected with all kinds of computer codes? Um, and Marco's like, Yeah, absolutely. And then Artec probably can't beat the security measures. Um, and it's like, probability is not certainty. And Rachel brings up, so what about Tobias? Are we going to leave without him? And Jake's like, no. Um, and I'm like, so that's your decision. We're staying. And I could put it to a vote. I said with a smile for my old friend. Marco shook his head. I'll follow you, big guy. Okay, look, we have the run of this place. So A, we find Tobias. B, we destroy the sea blade. And C, C, we haul our soggy butts out of here and forget this lunatic asylum ever exists. Marco interrupted. Got that right. <laughs>